Will, we're live. We're on the air. I know we're on multiple cameras. <laughs> we look at all this. Stressful times, Connor. Stressful times. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Let's go. I've been upgrading. You have been upgrading. If you've not hard. noticed, these microphones we've got are improved microphones. Mm -hmm. Let me get mine nice and crisp and clear. Make sure nothing's in the way. That's it. We'll be clothed straight into it. I just saw that immediately. Um, First thing you told me not to do. <laughs> The, well, this podcast is going to be on audio only. It's going to be on Spotify and Google Cast and Apple Podcasts and stuff. Bloody brilliant. And it's also going to be on YouTube now. It's oh, good. cool. That's nice. So that's why that's why we're recording and we've got we've got cameras. <laughs> I did wonder what the format would be with doing the stereo app over all of lockdown and whatnot and the sort of bullshitness that was that. Well, I enjoyed it, actually. It was nice to just start like that, but it's, this is better. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm still going to do podcasts online with people um, who can't make it here. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm still going to continue audio-only podcasts, but we are going to be coming back every single week. And it's health of the, health um, and fitness news of the week, isn't it? Sounds like you and me. News we know everything week. about everything, right? What, sorry? We know everything about health and fitness, right? We're just gonna, I'm just planning to comment on it. I just want to chat with you. It's, it's really good to see you again All in person. Well, welcome back to the studio. Thanks for having me back, man. It's nice to be back. Welcome back. We've survived the end of the world. Just about, yeah. Touch wood. Yeah, we've survived the end of the world. Um, in the UK, it seems to be going well with COVID anyway, doesn't it? In some other countries, they're having a rough time. Yeah, some places aren't doing too well, bless them. But yeah, we seem to have bounced. Fingers crossed. This, there seems to be a general census that this has been the last of it. Question, question mark. I know, I love how your voice went up there at the end. Last of it. That's when you know someone's confident. <laughs> um, yeah, because you can never be fully sure, can you? But the vaccines are going well. No cases um, in Sheffield uh, Hospital, at least. No cases not? in Manchester or Leeds or the surrounding immediate areas, I don't think. Hospitalizations, you mean, or what? No. Yeah, yeah. No cases of, really? of beds being taken up by COVID patients. Really? So it seems to be just getting circulated a bit between the those that don't care and the fit and healthy. <laughs> Interesting. Um, have you had a vaccine? I have not. Um, Either you also now? I have. You have? I'm nearly coming up for my second vaccine. See, that'll be the old man. In, in yeah, <laughs> so you're too young and healthy, screw you. You're, <laughs> you're, just, you're not high up the list, bro. It, it I'm prioritised. Yeah, this is the problem. You're just invaluable, uh, whereas I'm expendable. So. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. I didn't want to say it directly, but this is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, my previous past like medical history of cancer, even though I was like ten years old when I had cancer, bumped me up the list. Crazy stuff, yeah, for sure. Bumped me that up makes sense, the list. actually. Yeah, I get so many benefits from. Are there it. any fallbacks from that? Yeah, fallbacks. Well, I can't have children ever. Well, no, but I mean like the in the medical system and whatnot. What do you mean, sorry? Like, like that benefit of getting um, vaccinated early or something, or other things that you you have to do yearly, check-ins or anything? Um, I used to. I used yeah. to have to have yearly checkups all the time until it got to 10 years. Now I think I'm on a five-yearly checkup oh, um, with Leeds St. James Hospital. That's where I was trapped. And I only really have to go because they don't want they don't recommend that you get like struck off the register or whatever because if i ever get cancer again i can get faster treatment and weigh in by being in their hospital and they're one of the best hospitals for it so they they want to keep you around on the register sort of thing yeah that makes sense just in case for later so i still go like once every five years i can't even remember it's been that long okay. they, they just send me a letter yeah every now and then um but no i can't have children but personally i don't see that as a detriment necessarily i found out when i was 18 and when you're 18 you don't want children 
So I just thought, and it's been oh. normal since then. Yeah, so it's been normal. Yeah. yeah, so if I was maybe thirty and I was thinking about having children, and then suddenly I couldn't. Maybe I'd be upset. Different story. Yeah, but I was eighteen. I thought, all right, I don't want children anyway. You know what? You're not even thinking about that when you're eighteen. I want to skateboard and break both my ankles, please. That's exactly what I did. Good there memory. You go. <laughs> Good memory. Uh, <laughs> Get jacked and broader than a house. Um, Tick. <laughs> I've been trying for muscle building, you know. You've been looking good, bro. Thank I saw you. this gentleman walking around in the gym this Thank morning. You. Uh, strategically, he's training with someone slightly smaller than him, but also in good nick. <laughs> uh, and you were looking well, man. Thick from the back, slim where you're meant to be, broad where we want it. Thank you. My abs are looking mm. better than ever. Oh. And my legs are getting bigger again. See, um, that I, stands to be proved because... You're always covering up them them little legs of yours, bro. Well, I don't generally get my body out in general, to be honest. I'll wear a vest at the gym. I'm gonna say those nipples were looking good. That's about. As... <laughs> I hope my nipples were not out. That was an accident. Oscillating so... back and forth. What does that material? Mean? <laughs> I'm confused at what that would mean. I'm only wearing a scarf and it just swings back left and right. Is that what you're no, saying? it's just string. Your is what your vest is made out of. Just over the shoulders, down to the waist, and then round. Fishnet vest. Yeah, buddy. That's me at the gym. Lightweight baby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no dan's also looking well as uh, your ex-client i'm sure he's put some size on actually which is nice to see yeah it's, just back, it's, it's back to the gym mm. i told him actually his arms looked bulkier today yeah. i also thought that but we've been trying i've especially been training five days a week maybe six some weeks upper body three times legs twice sometimes three times but not often mm. um i've gained two kg since going back to the gym and i'm not any fatter? No, I'm leaner, yeah, if anything. Yeah, sick. So I've put on some mass. I think most of it's gone back on my thighs. Again, like, that was what someone that had quads would, will have lost in lockdown. Like, you can just about find the amount, the right balance of intensity and resistance to maintain your upper body, but lower body just checked out in lockdown. Yeah, I've got 20 yeah. kg dumbbells here at home. Like, you know, you can do shit. I can do body stuff, with yeah. that, but For legs, it's not that heavy. No. And there's not that many options for good... For good variety at home leg training really and i also had lower motivation as well it was hard enough to keep up with any training really and leg training is just not the most fun especially when i can't even do the things that are decent yeah there's but, only a few fun leg things and if you can't do that then yeah game over. yeah so i did lose some leg size i gained some calf size which is now serving me well my walking calves around. are doing well walking around in lockdown doing um yep yeah, and yeah. running and i also did calf training at home because i just did like single leg calf raises stood on the edge of like a box yeah that's nice so my feet are not injured. My flexibility is good because I did a lot of stretching. My cardio is in a good position. And now I've just got back to the heavy weightlifting. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where my cardio it. spat me out now because I worked up to doing a decent length ride. It's about um, pedal biking. Yeah. yeah, in lockdown, um, which was good fun. And again, mainly just because it was a leg activity at least. Um, and now I'm back. I haven't done that once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to wake up and want to go and get on a bike rather than lift. Especially with work and all the fatigue that comes with that, so I understand. I just haven't hit it again yet. I'd be interested to see how much it's plummeted since. I used to cycle a lot when I was a lot younger, and I, I was pretty good on a mm. bike. Like I would do thirty miles pretty fast a few days in a row and not really feel it. Um, and then I remember at one point I took like six months off, and I was awful because it comes very nice and quickly cycling fitness but it yeah. drops off mine had dropped like to, i couldn't even make well. one hill yeah. after six months off kind of thing i thought oh, i'll get back to i can't even remember why I, why i took time off why I, would, I stopped cycling for a period of time but i did and then i remember going on my normal route and the first hill i got to i didn't even make it up whereas usually i would just be doing like laps and miles yeah probably when you, you know broke both your ankles maybe i can't remember to be honest i can't remember what 
time different things happened exactly in my life, you know, but it's a memory that I have. Um, it's nice to see a lot of people building muscle and being back to the gym, though. Gyms are quite busy. I've noticed your arms are looking bigger. I told Dave, who um, works at your gym, Dave Pearson, shout out, that his arms are looking bigger. He's in good shape. Dave is so deceivingly jacked. It annoys me that t-shirts do him no justice because yeah. he looks so wicked. Yeah. Sometimes I walk into the back room and he's getting changed and I'm like, Dude's just looking lean. He's shredded, isn't he? So shredded. He's shredded. Huge chest. Yeah. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, his chest is excellent, it's I agree. So... He's just got that slim physique yeah. where... Built of sinew and testosterone. Just <laughs> so compact. and He's just lean meat and cables. Yeah, and power. <laughs> yeah, we love it. And he is quite strong as well, Dave. Strong he, guy. He just, he just look, he's also t tall, though, isn't he? So he looks tall and slim. But mm. if you actually... Look at him, I was thinking you are in excellent shape, sir. Has legitimate reasons to skip leg day as well, so he's all broed out, which is nice. Why? And he's got still, a bad knee or something? Yeah, he's got no cartilage in his right knee and his left knee's not far behind, I don't think. Really? Yeah, I think so. Just I remember he spoke about knee problems, but I wasn't exactly sure what went on. Gives it a good run for his money, like on the box squats and stuff that don't require quite as much knee flexion. Again, the, the bro way to train legs. Box squats. <laughs> Make sure you don't hit depth. No, no, no. That's where you get quads, bro. That's dangerous. That doesn't um, activate the bicep. <laughs> I'm not a physiotherapist. I don't know whether that's the right thing for Dave to be doing or not, to be honest. Uh, I'm a big fan of if it feel good, feels good to do it kind of thing. And Oh, that makes sense. With a couple of regulatory factors, like if he goes to the sauna the night before, if he tapes it up, if he it uses some anti-inflammatory type stuff, and I guess they can, this can extend to other people's problems listening at home. Um, yeah, if you can warm up on the day and make squats feel nice, then that's fine, isn't it? Um, I remember back when... I was benching a lot, which I don't really do much anymore. I developed a tricep tendinopathy at some point, like sort of deep on the tendon there. And I found that I could temporarily fix it by rolling my elbow, like you would foam roll a quad or something, but mm. locally foam rolling my elbow on a lacrosse ball on the bench in, in between <laughs> this sets. All, this is all very specific. So weird and specific, I know. But what, what I found that did was it, it um, relieved the pain for the set, but then like the last rep of the set, the pain would come back and then I'd fix it again for the next set. And it just meant that you can, so if you can That's find things like that. taping your body there. I don't even but know. <laughs> it means you can still train because it's not hurting you. And then with time that also, Did that, that temporary, yeah, that because tem temporary fixes usually become long-term fixes if you do them for long enough. It's the consistency that makes it a long-term fix generally. That makes sense. Um, and the, yeah, just the immediateness that makes it a short-term fix, if, that's, if that makes sense, yeah. Mm. Did it get better for you? It healed up? Yeah, all good. All gravy. I'm not benching anymore, but that's because of piss week at bench. That's another issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm quite weak at bench. So weak at bench, bro. What is it? It's written well, in, in the stars or something, but like, um, we'll be weak at bench forever. I've just got skinny white man syndrome. I think that's all it is. I think it's, Could just, be. it's just what I'm afflicted by via birth. It's just... And choice because abs. Not a bad choice, um, choice. Yeah, I do try and be slim on purpose. Yeah. That's also true. I'm not trying to be as strong as possible. Well, it wasn't, this wasn't uh, but to, I've also to tried be an excuse well. uh, little segment. But bench is actually the most affected by body weight. Yeah, call in terms of body weight, yeah. supposedly, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense to assume that the lighter you are, the less weight you'll shift relative to your other lifts, at least. Yeah, well, I'm 72 kg and I can do. I can definitely do eighty for twelve. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd be able to do eighty-five for ten. No, that's powerful. Bro. I'm not sure. That's real powerful. It's not. It's the weakest bench of all time. It's eighty kg. That is. 
it'd be interesting to see what you could get on bench if you got no stronger, but just in a powerlifting efficiency maximum weight lifted sense, you didn't fix but improved your technique because your technique's really nice, but it is it isn't geared towards efficiency and most amount of weight. It's geared towards chest and tricep activation, yeah. bodybuilding style shift, shit, and just Definitely. training. Yeah. So if you adopted more of a an efficient approach that was focusing on benching the most amount of possible, I'd be interested to see what you could put up. Yeah, because for my body weight, it's not bad. Oh, um, I've never good, very I've, good. I've never done any exercise below six reps in one set in my life, except by accident. <laughs> like except if I put too much weight on and then thought shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I've never done five, four, three reps of anything ever. I've never done one rep maximum. Which is my cozy zone. That's why. Is I it like. really? I'm too scared. I just think on a lot of things. Yeah, it's really heavy for me. There are certain exercises like that I just like and some that I don't like. But yeah, by and large, I like that stuff. Really? Yeah. I think generally, guys, that if yeah, if you're not lifting that much weight to do 10 reps then needs to look like there's a bit more on the bar so i guess i'm lifting less right <laughs> guess i'm doing less reps i'm not even sure but training going yeah training is going well for you i'm enjoying it i've got no injuries i feel good um i'm eating healthy my protein intake's really high yeah i'm enjoying training i find it i'm finding it very fatiguing trying to build muscle it's literally Makes sense. It's causing me a lot of fatigue, like five or six days a week, especially leg days. Like if I do legs in the morning, it takes me like two hours to do the full session and it makes me extremely tired for the rest of the day. Like I'd be good if I have a nap later. It's a good idea. And if I do it in the evening at like 5 p.m. after a full day working, I've not got huge energy to get through the session that hardcore. And then- Which makes sense. At least here and now, you said you've lost a bit of fat. That's literally an energy deficit. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I, de- um, I, I the definitely. The point you're at in your training career as well would is just a bit brutal. Like, like you've probably got of the hundred percent of available gains that Connor Rhodes has on his physique, you, you've probably used eighty five percent of that. Not well. I'm sorry to tell you. I hope not. Time to start jumping on the juice, bro. I hope not. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Like you've got such a long training history behind you. Yeah, and that does just imply more and more pain and suffering <laughs> it does yeah because you've got to do higher volume and more work to keep building muscles as they get bigger as well as with higher loads that regardless of your capability to match them like as you're lifting heavier yeah. is still just weight on the human skeleton yeah which is very yeah fatigue yeah. inducing isn't it so I, f- I find honestly that it detracts from other areas of my life but at this minute in time i deem it worth it like I could, I could do more work and have more energy to do other things and have more time in the week if I didn't do all the training. So I don't need to do it, but I'm just enjoying it at the minute and it's going well. And I am, I'm trying to do a little bit of muscle building and it's actually working. And see, that surprises me that you're not quite as geared towards your strength training because I find that's where the fun is in, in when you actually, because would I be wrong in saying one of maybe the first times ever that you've, by the times of it, enjoyed training? Because you uh, historically dislike training and just do it as a means. All oh, right. Well, maybe I'm not. Well, or am I thinking too literally into what you're saying? I think I'm just not being careful enough with my words because earlier um, I made a video and I posted it on my Facebook page saying that I was walking back from the gym and I was feeling energized. And then one of my clients said to me later because I had a quick video catch up with her. Oh, did you have a good time at the gym? I said, not really. <laughs> no. I, I like I like being there with Dan, who's um he's coming on the podcast on Thursday. Excellent. Excellent. Nice. Um 
We can also invite guests down now for this News of the Week podcast. And sit them on the hippo. No, I've got more chairs coming. There's going to be another chair there and another chair down there. Crazy talk. And then I'll have to figure out what to do with the cameras. cameras. Yeah. yeah, but I've got now enough microphones and cameras to have four people on at the same time. And a pretty consistent setup to just make it all work. That's yep. nice. And still... Yeah, there'll be easily enough room. No footstool. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. You're, you're not even wearing slippers. I've told you, you shouldn't have your socks on camera. Well, I told you supply me with slippers. Well, your feet are actually not on the camera. Incorrect. No, don't do this. <laughs> if, you, if you keep them down, your feet are actually not on the camera, which is nice. If you supplied the guests with slippers, then no one We've actually got the guest slippers upstairs. We've just forgotten before starting the show. Which camera do I want to look at to give this face? <laughs> 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 um, what's the news of the week in the fitness industry, Connor? You want to go into the news of the week? I don't know, do we? How are we segmenting this? This is round one. We've got to figure it out. We've got to find a groove. We've got to riff, man. We've got to riff off each other. <laughs> what you got? Give me something good. I didn't really come with a plan. That wasn't good. I have. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that isn't good. Oh, dear. I have got news articles. Have you brought any news articles? Uh, two. Really? Kind of. That's the most you've ever brought. Well, that's... hold your applause now. Come on. We don't know that they're good yet. <laughs> no, but you've tried. That this would, is yeah. usually you just turn up. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I'm pleased. I'm really happy that you turn up. Sweet. Nice. But, but preparation minimal. Yeah, usually. Usually, yeah. yeah. Um, there's been minimal preparation, but uh, it's inspired some thoughts. And that's generally how it works, isn't it? You do a quick search, you find something that tickles your brain, and then you run with that a bit. Topics. Well, I, I got six. We don't necessarily have to go through all of them. You win, I guess. But, no, I just literally go on the internet. And, well, I spend time preparing because I care about the podcast world. That's what it really comes ah, down to. That's what it I is. think you should adjust your microphone slightly as well. I don't know if it's a good idea. What does that's it feel like? That's a lot better. Is it? Yeah, yeah. we're good. I just have... <laughs> you just have to keep your t-shirt pulled taut like that the entire time. You need to get a crimp and oh, crimp it from the back style that's what you need to do advice from Connor now as well there we go no don't do that no it's not working we'll just allow it I'll try and not move <laughs> we'll see sometimes I'm on zoom with, with a client and they'll say is it frozen and I'll say no sometimes I just don't move much sometimes you know, I'm just sat there <laughs> like, is it frozen I'm like no I'm just listening yeah you've not really got many features like once you're not emoting there isn't much about Connor that can particularly just it's pretty what do you mean I don't have many features? <laughs> what does like, that I don't mean? Because like, my hair can move and stuff. What because does that you've mean? just got beard attached. You kind of look like, yeah, okay, this would be. <laughs> <laughs> there is less separating you from your bitmoji when we did that stereo thing than there is me from mine. Because <laughs> it's so much simpler. I've got a simple face, that's what you're saying. You've just gone beard, blue eyes, hair, uh, uh, yeah, and no hair look. And then on a Bitmoji, that's, that translates well. I haven't gone no hair look. It's called male pattern baldness. Nah. <laughs> it's not weakness. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Grow it out Grow like hair, Mr. Bro. Burns? Try harder. Yeah. <laughs> I look like Friar Took. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be the look. No. Stick to the um, the beard. That's it. I'll have to keep it tidy. Um, I, I've consulted your mother at the beauty clinic about getting the, the sides of my hair lasered oh, off yeah, once, I remember. but I didn't go through with it. It was going to take too many sessions for too long. That's a plug for my mother's business, the laser clinic on Abbeydale Road. Pew, pew, pew. It's Don't actually great. My, my clients, independently of me, I've never mentioned anything about this, have recommended it to 
other people in my actual group. I've oh, seen it pop so up. Cool. People say, no, if you want beauty treatments, go to this place. It's great. And it is. Yeah, she has had quite a pretty wide reach over Sheffield, which is quite nice, um, people-wise. It's an excellent business, Because she's been going since she was like 18 in really? Sheffield. And so really? has built... Yeah, in different locations. That makes sense. Yeah, in different locations and with different pseudonyms and levels of success and spread. But yeah, under the same kind of ethos since she was like 18 which is pretty mad isn't it yeah so good network connections over like a long period of time yeah that makes sense people always mention that she hires really friendly people yes i could think back and notice that as well from being around people always seem pleased that the people who work there are really nice and your mum's really nice isn't she she's got like a bubbly personality Mm. or something i'd say Mm. like very friendly (laughs) yeah approachable sure oh definitely Definitely. Approaching, I should say. <laughs> She's going to come to you and say hi, probably. <laughs> um, I remember when we did a health and fitness conference Yeah. with slash for your mother. Yes, you remember I do. At that place, My, my Father's, father's heart. heart. Yeah. Very nice, yeah. I was there the other week, actually, with you. What, at the actual showroom or just like going past it? Yeah, My Father's Heart, yeah. Oh, really? Why? Mm, bumbling around. It's a kitchen display place. Yeah. Looking at kitchens. Is that what you were doing? I was. Very nice. Yeah, interesting. How much is it costing for a kitchen <laughs> over there? It's like... Uh, the news of the week says about 20 grand. No, I have no idea, actually. It wasn't me I was shopping for. Oh, really? Uh, okay. No, I was just there with a mate bumbling around with them. It's yeah. very expensive. I mean, it's fancy. Oh, yeah, you can go hard on kitchens. You can spend a lot bro. on a kitchen. Oh, yeah. I remember being shocked <laughs> at, like, how... How high you can go on a kitchen if you want to. In how high, in how terms hard of you price. can go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, lots of shit like that, though. People, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it is usually a 20 to 30 grand type job. Like, Ooh. people set aside that kind of money for, like, a mad nice kitchen. It is a good time, though. It is a good time. Um, yeah, and to go back to your other question, I didn't really come with a plan for the podcast. I was just glad that you're here. I'm glad oh. to get the new setup going. I'm glad to get the new microphones going. Is this... This isn't the first one with the new setup. Yeah. Oh. That's that's why I was late starting because it took me longer than expected to get all the cameras set up and get all the wires in and set all set everything up. We get all the microphones going and recording and check it all works. And so this is not this is not my job or flipping expertise area at all. I'm a nutritionist, literally, not a flipping producer. True. It is <laughs> your passion. So here we are. You know, you've got to get to the people somehow. The people want. Well, you, so we we had to hire a producer, and I don't know. Or we just set it up, so I we thought, fine, it. yeah, I'll just set it up. Bro, this setup's so nice. It's so professional and proper. Well, I've been working on it for... Makes sense, mate, yeah. A long time, really. I like mean, when you specifically got this apartment so you could use this for this. Yep, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I started first making videos, literally sat at my kitchen table. Just with <laughs> one of those little... I remember, yeah, I remember. I did at least a year at my kitchen table. I Back did, in your old place. Yeah, I did like a year in my living room. Uh-huh. Um, it took me at least three or four years to get like an actual dedicated space like this, which is just permanently set up. And now, even only now, we're getting onto like really good level equipment. Yeah, and it does show. I hope so, because quality matters, doesn't it? Like on podcasts, the audio really matters. Like really what, matters. If I listen to my videos... I get annoyed at my own sound quality okay. sometimes, yeah. or I did before. <laughs> I would yeah. think, oh, that's not as good as it could be. But... Yeah, and it's such a, <coughs> excuse me, such an annoying one because it's the content and the vocational knowledge, as it were, can be so spot on. But if, yeah, something about the video, its format, its 
lighting, the audio, whatever is slightly off, it's just click off material immediately in it. And, and that's how I guess the influences with the bad information, the ones of those that there are out there, get their stuff out there, make it look good. And then it. Oh, some flies. people can look and sound real smart. Can't they? Like, I'll give a shout out to V Shred on YouTube. <laughs> Do you know this guy? Don't. Absolute. Even start with V Shred. You know this guy, then yeah. This absolutely mother? excellently good looking guy. Excellent, excellent body. Oh yeah, he's been chiseled by the gods. Yeah. Excellent like production on his YouTube videos, like literally top level. And then literally one at, zero or one out of ten advice. Yes, just like generally some of the worst advice. I even <laughs> think of a specific example that he's done that has been so terrible, but it is. It's so bad. Just wrong advice in general. That's all it is. I, I heard him bark up a tree about... Yeah, it was something... His video started like, there are only three types of, of body... Yeah, there are only three body types. Ectomorph, no, mesomorph. Yeah, somatotypes, uh, endomorph. And you fall into one, and there is one way to train per one somatotype, which is just... Not even a th any, any way a thing. There isn't, there isn't a, an answer to that, because it isn't in anything. It's just bullshit. Oh, yeah. I have no idea if he said that or not, but somatotypes is yeah. definitely not a thing. No, oh yeah, also that as a construct is loose at best. Yeah, there's there's no like three categories that people just fit into, that's not a real thing. Um, some people do gain body fat easier than others, some people do build muscle easier, easier than others. Which I'd be interested to know what the actual science is there from your point of view, you might know, I'm not too caught yep. up on. Um, that's actually coming up in one of the News of the Week segments. Dun, 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 dun. It literally is. It's about a a new gene. Well, not it's not new, but new science on a gene. And the gene discoveries are constantly happening. And it's a an obesity propensity gene. Like people who have this gene type variant are more overweight on average than other people. The, the one, one blew up in the media maybe like two years ago called the FTO gene. Have you heard of this? Um, another obesity gene where if pe people who, if you scan people's sort of genetics in whatever way that they do that. If you... <laughs> scan genetics. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just get on my genetic machine here Looking and I'll just genome genome and stuff. scan. I've had mine done on the 23 and me. Still got them all? Yeah, Nick Nunn? Any unknowns? <laughs> yeah, it said nice. three and a half were missing. Ooh. So don't miss. It's not, that's too many. A lot of things make a lot of sense there <laughs> <laughs> from then on about why I am the way that I am. Well, you are the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> Some parts missing. Um, missing a chromosome from it. But there are different genes and some some people have propensities to be hungrier. Some people have propensities to have higher desire for food. Some people get full faster. Some people have faster digestive systems so they don't stay as full for long. Some people digest food better than others. Some people have higher desire and natural tendencies towards exercise and movement and some people don't. Some people are naturally more sedentary than other people. Um, literally every variant. Some people are taller, that makes your metabolism faster. Some, you know, some people are shorter, that makes it tougher. And so how much, yeah, all these sort of practical Hormone effects. levels. How much do you read into that in a in a way that you uh, because obviously say you're coaching someone through fat loss in your yep. group whatever yep. we know that it's all just energy in energy out it's all about energy balance in general but if there is a slight sliding because again the, the argument that you've always got is it like say take polycystic ovaries or something syndrome yes. like it doesn't matter whatever the 
whatever the metabolism is, whatever the issue is that's put you in a position that makes it harder to lose fat, yeah. it's still just an energy balance type thing. How yeah. much do you think that could be swayed by someone's genetic predisposition or something? Generally agreed upon, 50-50. Interesting. Generally agreed upon in science, obesity is 50% genetics, 50% environment. Not everybody agrees, mm. but some level of that. Some people are like, oh, 60, 40, this, that, the other. Okay, but yeah. But fiddy, fiddy, like, agree it's, it's upon both. That it is both. It's yeah. definitely both, yeah. But I guess that still brings us to the natural conclusion that it doesn't really fucking matter. It still spits you out at the same outcome, which is that being leaner is healthier and there is only one way to get there, really. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it doesn't change the tools that you've got available no. or... The, the means, the method. Yeah, no, it doesn't necessarily change the means or the method. You're exactly right. Um, it can make it harder for some people. Some people... Like, every single thing that you could think would be a variable, it's different on people. Like, I can't dunk a basketball because I'm not six foot four. Which is lame, by the way. You should try a lot harder. Well, yeah, you know, I've never tried ever because I just know it's not in my cards. You know, some people have got perfect bodies made for running. Some people have got those Olympic weightlifting, just like proportions, just born into it so kind true, of thing. Yeah. Some people have got faster or higher metabolisms or not not by crazy amounts, but some people do. There's variation in everything. Any single thing that you can possibly think of, there's some people that have... Actually, an interesting caveat, just my own example. I, I'd be interested to know what kind of which kind of natural disposition I was wired towards in terms of with like muscle bellies and um, yes. general muscle gain, because I have always been astounded at my ability to get stronger without putting on size. Like, um, and, and also for the amount of time I've been training now, you would have expected me to be a lot bigger musclier than I am, but it just hasn't seemed to seem to come, if that makes sense. Like the strength has kind of progressively yeah. increased. But just size has, doesn't tend to stick with my frame very well or some, something. Yeah. Some people are definitely proportionately stronger versus size than other people. Mm. Some people are bigger proportionately than stronger. There's general correlations, but it's definitely true. That would come down to like... I would also say though, well. just I'm just making this up, but this is from knowing you throughout time, that most of your training has been geared towards strength and not muscle building. It has always been about half-half, I'd argue, but um, with still... an emphasis on on strength, for sure. As in, from the point of view of I prioritise a session around strength, That's and then I'm it saying. tailors off towards the end yep. with all your bodybuilding type intensities. And um, strength and muscle building are definitely correlated. Of course. But if you were doing muscle building workouts the entire time, like doing 12 to 15 reps rather than like 3 to 5 sometimes like you do, yeah. your overall volume across your life would have been a lot higher, and then probably you would have... Maybe slightly less strength, but maybe slightly more muscle. But it could also be a genetic thing as well. Maybe, but I'd still actually argue no. Okay. I, mean, I was just making it up. Literally. Oh, no, yeah, no. Um, just a, a thought. Like, I'd, I'd say the best situation for muscle growth is a combination of things like tensile stimulus, which you only get from heavy yeah, loads. Definitely true. Yeah, i.e. low rep ranges. And then also, like, metabolic stimulus, stimulus is what you'll yeah. find in a much higher rep range under much, head, under much lighter loads and different intensities. And that's usually, but yeah. Lactic acid burn and metabolic yeah. buildup, etc. Shit that hurts. Yep. Yeah. Leg extension for 20 reps type shit. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and, um, and science definitely doesn't know about all the different genes and they can't scan everything yeah. and say you're exactly like this. We just know general correlations. Like if you scan people's genetic or people that have this variation, they seem to be more overweight on average. And mm, people that have this variation seem yeah. to get cancer more. 
This variation seemed to get male pattern baldness. This variation seemed to get this. So we've got some of them that are like labeled, but it's very complicated and there's just so many, isn't there? But for fat loss, generally agreed upon 50-50. It's 50% how you're born, how much you love food, how much you think about food, how much you care about movement, how easy you find movement. Some people get diabetes really okay. fast. Okay. I've, I was listening to that, hearing that slightly wrong then. So not 50% genetically as in chemically what's in the body, genetically as in what you might be mentally wired towards. That's also somewhat, like, chemi genetic, that's it, also yeah. somewhat chemical in the body though as well, isn't it? Because it's all... Yeah, interesting. It's Where's all that? hormones. It's all, mm. it's all, we're all chemicals really. So yeah, that's very interesting. Thinking about it. Well, at what point does a thought process stop becoming something you've decided and it's just your natural disposition. And I always wonder that as well, like how people fall on natural, say, politics or something like how, okay. what gets them there. Obviously, they'll be mainly an element of nurture through how you I was going to say this is now the nature nurture. Aren't yeah, you? mainly an element of nurture, I'd say. But what, there'd be definitely some things that, yeah. well, I'll take, again, interesting example, me and my twin brother, who have obviously had very, very similar upbringings and genetics are complete chalk and cheese when it comes to a lot of philosophical debates, just naturally. Interesting. Which, yeah, very interesting, because that's probably something that we have landed on as opposed to being taught, if that makes sense. And I'd be, yeah, I'd be interested to wonder where that is with most people. Hmm. I would have no idea. No, I think it's probably, again, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's 50-50, maybe it's 60-40, 70-30, but it's definitely a bit of both. People are definitely born with different tendencies um just like anything is really like if you if you get a load of puppies in a litter some of them will be more energetic some of them will be friendlier some of them will be mm. more solo some of them will be more aggressive won't they and then this is how different dog breeds have come around so they pick the aggressive ones and keep breeding those with other aggressive ones and it makes more aggressive ones yes, if you breed these fluffy ones with these fluffy ones it makes <laughs> more fluffy ones doesn't it yeah people are the same we're all different that's and, it, and it's a good thing because then if something happens that affects one gene type or variation then it could wipe out the entire like race. Like that happens to ants sometimes. Like if something that a certain <laughs> no type, way. yeah, because the ants are like they're not like clones, but if they're in a certain type, they're all very similar. And if one type of ant can't deal with one change of the environment, the entire species can or die. Or but like if something happens where it's really bad to be tall for some reason, let's say on Earth. I don't know what could, or really bad to be short, then that's, it's not good, but it's just the Swedes. At least we've got issue. different sized people, you know, if height yeah. became an issue, or if, I don't know, say the world changes and hunter gather, we go back to like hunter gatherer times or something, some people will be stronger and better at those things, or we've got some people that are smarter and better at these other things, and mm, yeah, that's a, that's a good sense. thing, it's how, how variation occurs and how the species survives as well, that people are different, including with metabolisms as well. Like if you're shorter, you've got a smaller, like a lower metabolism just due to being a smaller human. This is bad in an obese, obesogenic yeah. environment like we've got, the modern Western world. But if it was a famine, all the people that have got the fastest metabolisms and are tallest, they'll die first, mm -hmm. for example. So then it's, it depends what's going on in your environment also, whether your genetics are an advantage or not. True. Yeah. Depends what situations you're in. And then, then I guess that's how you mould to your... Uh, skills, as it were. And That's a good your, idea in life, isn't yeah. it? You understand what your natural tendencies are yeah. and what your preferences might be from nurture and then yeah. try and go somewhere towards that. Like my father says that I could talk from being really, really young compared to most people. 
Ah, that makes sense. I don't know. This is just what he's, he's always said. He said when I was... Yeah, that makes sense to me, I think. ...really young, other kids would say a couple of words whereas I could have a decent conversation. And then... Now I don't know whether Nate's it's a surprise or well, yeah, exactly. Now I don't know whether it's a surprise or not that I talk for a job and I do like lecturing as a living and teaching and stuff like that because maybe that's me either noticing that I have a tendency or preference towards this kind of thing. Yeah, true. Actually, I can remember my brother blessing was lost until he was maybe about seventeen, of wondering what to do there and then, like career path wise and whatnot. And he ended up choosing hairdressing, and he's now one of the best barbers knocking about. I'd argue. Um, but I remember him cutting his hair when he was like maybe 11 and doing a pretty decent job for the first time that someone had cut their own hair, which was a short back and sides like fade. Um, yeah, so definitely there's some wiring going on there. Interesting. Strange, isn't it? Mm. There is because in animals you can see that like a dog doesn't have to teach another dog that it should pee on a pole. <laughs> they all just like pee on trees and poles, don't they? It's like built into them somehow. Like a spider doesn't teach other spiders how to make a web. It's just born knowing that it needs to go to this thing, jump off, swing in the wind, land on this other thing, making a little line, and then build this web thing. <laughs> no one taught it. It can't, like... Yeah, so strange. ...communicate in those ways. So these instincts and stuff are definitely built into creatures like us. Mm. So we're born with tendencies towards some stuff. I don't know what it is. I can't identify what it is exactly. And how that would play out in the modern world, but it's definitely a bit of both. That's one of the advantages we have as humans. We're one of the only really, I don't know, what would you call it? Types of like animal or creature mm. that can teach and pass on information oh, like cross generationally. Yeah. I guess because we've managed to condense our articulation into actual words and things that and then ascribe the meaning to these words yeah, and then write yeah, them down and yeah. then we've got books written by people that are dead and we can re remember what they thought yeah some of the best books in the world on this bookshelf written by some people that are not even alive and like the stoics and people like this knocked down throughout the years yeah yeah and mm. we can we can learn from them this is why um isaac newton said if i have seen further it is by standing on the shoulders of giants he was saying about his own work that he does, he didn't think he was that great because it took all these physicists and whoever before him to get him to that point. Yeah, they spent their entire lifetimes working out all these calculations. He just read them in books and then he figured out the next thing. But it, it was just a natural progression. So he said, I'm standing on the shoulders of all these people that have done mm -hmm. all these mm -hmm. thousands of years of work before him. Humbling to, to, <laughs> to understand that as well. I know that's Isaac oh. Newton yeah, saying guy. that. Oh my Lord. Playing with apples and shit. Oh my lord. Um, interesting, isn't it? Mm. Do you want to do some news of the week? Do you feel ready? I do. Do you feel ready? Do you want to go first? Um, sure. Let's yeah, go. go first. What we got? Let me just find a little... Um... I made a coffee and now it's definitely going to have gone cold. Okay, actually interesting. This, this feeds into things and whatnot. Um, so coming out of lockdown, there's a little more of a... I don't know. I don't want to say health scare or anything, but people are for sure a little more conscious now. Like Especially I found in the gym somewhat of a trend is I've seen a few older people in there now as well with the idea of like getting healthier and as when I'm talking to people like health seems to be more of a consideration and whatnot and in the news and the media and whatnot it's been pushed a little bit more which is obviously nice and good and so I was wondering along the lines of nutrition um, I was seeing some of the articles trying to explain about gut health and what kind of foods are best for gut health with longevity in mind or say um, 
avoiding viruses in the future or ge you know general things like that and instead of reading it i thought i'd just ask you seeing as you know about these oh things. really that's yeah. nice that's really really nice um i've done an entire podcast on this ah. um cool it's condense on, it yep i will i'll summarize for you please it's on spotify and apple itunes and places like this <coughs> excuse me it's called 4.5 stone and the microbiome because I'm talking to a lady called Tracy Viner. Shout out, the one and only, the powerful. <laughs> she's one of my clients and Beth's clients. Lost 4.5 stone. Uh, yeah, she's lost 4.5 stone so far. She's still on the go. That's so There's no sign of stopping. And she wanted to ask me questions about the microbiome because she'd also been reading a lot of stuff. So Which, yeah. what does that, excuse me, encapsulate microbiome? What does that mean? Um, well, micro means small. Mm. Yeah, and biome, what does biome mean? Well, bio exactly? is biology and it is a human. I'm going to Google it so right now. I'm assuming it means the micro bacteria of the gut. That is what it means. Not only in the gut, though, but it also counts okay. your mouth, um, all down your esophagus, into your intestines and stuff like this. Yeah, but it's all the little bacteria that live inside you. Interesting. Um, essentially, so I'm putting define and then... Mm -hmm. Can't type at all. Uh, You're always good at speaking, not typing. Around, biome. Uh, uh, biome, it says noun. No, it's uh, a home. Does biome mean home? It means a large naturally occurring community of flora and fauna occupying a major habitat, e.g., forest or tundra, or inside you. I know um, some of those words. Flora is plants, fauna is animals. Um, a large naturally occurring community of animals and plants occupying. A major habitat, so it's the small. Switches out the synonyms, synonyms for the stupid boy. That's nice. Jim. It's the. <laughs> <laughs> You're like no, the will version. <laughs> it's the naturally occurring plants and animals inside you. I guess. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the article and the and the news was about the the, the thinking about being conscious of eating those kind of foods. So, what are we looking at? What do we need? What's good for gut health and mm. the microbiome, essentially. And is there any specificity towards, like, viruses and things like that? Yep, there definitely yeah, is. Okay. The microbiome is probably one of the next frontiers of health, let's say. It's on the discovery line right now. We're finding out loads more about it all the time. Most of it is still unknown. We still don't know what most of the types of bacteria are. We still don't know what most of them do at all. We don't really know which ones are that good and which ones are that bad or why. We know it has a lot out of, of what we find in the gut or the body, I guess. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a lot still to be discovered. Mm -hmm. um, we know it has massive impacts on a lot of unknown things, and not re we don't really know why. Like it is directly in interacting with the immune system. This is why you're saying about viruses and stuff like yeah. this. It's directly, literally, um, linked to the immune system. It's linked to a hormone system. Um, because I think it's something like 70% of all like the dopamine in your body is stored inside the guts. Um, and, oh, and the serotonin stored. One of them 70%. Yeah, I knew that. 30% serotonin or dopamine stored. Serotonin, I think it's 70. I'm forgetting my exact facts right now. But anyway, your happiness hormones and your endorphins yes. are not created in the guts, but they're stored in the guts. And the guts uses them as, new, as transmitters to communicate. And you've got lots of different forms of nervous systems in your body. Um, if 
like there's the central nervous system, CNS, the one that goes from the brain outwards, but then there's one that goes from the guts upwards called the enteric nervous system. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And there's equal amount of information seemingly going up from the guts to the brain, feeding back about what's going on as there is from the brain going outwards. No way, enteric. Enteric nervous system, yeah. Interesting. Um, if you just like Google it, it comes up with a wiki and it's like quite interesting. It's it's pretty good. Um, and it's the guts just feeding back to the brain about what's going on and what's got what's got inside you. It's just like, yeah, we're not happy, he's eating like a dickhead again. And whether, yeah, whether you've got nutrition, yeah, and your guts are using your happiness hormones, so then now is it any wonder why it's eat shit, feel shit, eat good, feel good? No, it's not, because it's directly impacting your actual happiness hormones as your guts yeah. uses them. Because it's something I always know, but like, especially say with teaching clients or something, it's helpful to know the actual facts behind it. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, like it's, it's always easy to learn or to teach as well when you can give the why kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's nice. Yeah. In terms of actual foods and stuff like this, mm. one of the best correlations, as always, did we ever think we were going to get through a podcast or a video with you, with me without mentioning oh, calories? Don't. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? There's another thing you do with that's like a five. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> we'll not talk about it. Well, I can't remember what it is. The advice that shall not be... Oh, if you can't, if you can't remember, then we're going Anyway, Bring it back up again. <laughs> the advice that cannot be be mentioned. Um, no, it's calories. Calories. Um, having a calorie intake that's too high in general is negative for the microbiome. Interesting. Yeah, so losing weight and eating the correct portions of food and stuff like this. Is... And why is that? So say it was foods that are... Uh, ooh, interesting. Say it was foods that are wired towards a healthy microbiome and that you should be including into your diet, but it was just a sheer calorie surplus of them by... A thousand a day or something. What's happening there? Confusion. It'd be different with different people, I would suspect. Okay. Um, and when you say foods that are geared towards the microbiome, there's lots of different things that are geared towards helping the microbiome. Like fiber's very good. Yeah. We know this fiber's excellent for your microbiome. Um, we actually get about ten percent of the energy that gets into our actual cells and is used by our body it comes from the microbiome digesting fiber and then giving us it turns fiber into fatty acids and then those get in and give us energy <clears throat> so that's actually a a good thing for the microbiome but proteins are also good for the microbiome some fats are also good for the microbiome so it's a healthy balanced diet any too much food in general just puts too much stress on the guts okay that's good, um, yeah. and if you have an unbalanced diet, that's not good for the microbiome. If it's very like sugar and carb heavy and processed food and low fiber and lower protein and loads of fats, but it's all saturated fat and it's way too much, you know, because to get to too many calories, other things have to be going wrong really, most of the time. Like not moving as much as well. <laughs> Exercise is also yeah. positive for the microbiome, definitely. Okay. Um, stress is negative for the microbiome. There's loads of things. Really, really, what the podcast comes down to in a summary is there's not really any special recommendations or foods that you should eat. Probiotics are <coughs> mediumly good while you take them. Some people do show, like, if you go on holiday and stuff and you might get, what's it called? I've forgotten. Where people get upset stomachs just when they're in different countries, for example. You know, from eating different foods and drinking different water mm -hmm, and stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't exactly remember what the term That makes sense. There was a direct commentary on like gut stuff. Yeah, so if you take you probiotics. Take you take yourself out of your environment and then that's Yeah, like, other stuff or bacteria stuff. from food that you're not you're used, not used to. to. Yeah, it yeah. starts getting into your guts. If you can, probiotics put healthy, good bacteria extra into your guts and that can help you fight off some of that stuff. And that proves I remember talking about probiotics with you in the past and uh, sort of 
the illegitimacy of most of them that are out there versus yeah. what could be. Yeah, most of them are not good. Because they could be good. I mean, it'd be. Because I'm a correct and correct if I'm just uh, correct me if I'm just wrong in a crude way, but it, human feces or derivatives of or the stuff found within would be the best version yeah. of a, of a what do you what's it called? What probiotic. Probiotic. You're exactly right. That's a real thing. That's called fecal transplant. Right. That's Sweet. a real thing. Yes. Yeah, poo pills. Nice. It, it and is. again, if we look at what chickens eat their own shells, hamsters eat their own shit. It's probably a similar kind of tactic and it is uh, to improve their gut health generally and stuff i don't know I yeah say i'm sure third so with chickens and whatnot for sure interesting and i've had hamsters so i can't <laughs> say i'm sure um but yet you're exactly right because when you take probiotics it puts in these good bacteria the the amount of good bacteria you're putting is not as important as the variety and the variety is very low so when you take the probiotics it works and it helps your guts but as soon as you stop drinking them those bacteria that you've been uh, having in die and then they just they just come out of your body at the toilet kind of thing just you can't tell because they're like invisible and that small but it, it, they leave the body in mm -hmm. microbiome and your guts go back to normal um so unless again, like you said it's a fecal transplant if you've got a full variety of all the bacteria from somebody with a healthy microbiome and then you take that in that does take into the microbiome and then proliferate if you eat the right foods into a healthier microbiome overall and that has helped people with some conditions like autoimmune conditions and stuff like this which are linked to the immune system and all kinds of different stuff. Makes sense. Yep. Um, there's a, I, I like um, mixed martial arts and martial arts sports and grappling and stuff like this. The the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappler maybe ever, this guy called Gordon Ryan. He's um, 25 years old, jacked, in excellent shape, good looking, strangles anyone super <laughs> easily. Um, Without warning on the street. Yeah. Super easily, like just maybe the best like wrestler and well not wrestler but that's using a simpler term but grappler ever in history he kept getting staph infections which staph um, is a bacteria yeah. that's covering um skin. everyone's skin yeah it's on everyone's skin and there's lots of different types of it but if you get a cut and then you get somebody else's staph types into you it can not really always cause issues but sometimes it causes bad issues and when you're grappling and like wrestling with people all the time you'd get cuts and stuff cut, and then, yeah. yeah and you really close contact with people all the time so other people's skin's rubbing on yours and then he kept getting these staph infections from other people and he kept having antibiotics now that seemingly destroyed his microbiome and digestion and now he can't eat any foods without feeling sick or being sick he can only eat like tiny bits of rice and chicken plain no spicy foods no real calories he's like worrying about losing size and food, food that. his energy levels are going bad real lame and he's yeah. only what a quarter way dead that's not nice he's 25 you say yeah he's 25 yeah that's yeah. not nice uh, and he's currently the best grappler in the world and he's having big issues due to all these antibiotics because when you take antibiotics it gets the antibiotics into your bloodstream but how do you take it by mouth so then it nukes your microbiome absolutely destroys your microbiome before it's absorbed into the rest of your body so his micro and it comes back but maybe but his just got nuked again and again and again he said he had like eight staffs in a row and you can die from staff infection if so you you've got to treat it you've got to do something so yeah, you've, got you've got to eat chicken and rice and he's got to, he's got to train as well and you can't be giving other people staff so you have to get rid of it so antibiotics again and again and again and again and again and now serious serious digestive issues yeah, coming from this um, apparently he's working with all the best doctors and everyone's trying everything to help and I'm like Phew. but anyway it's just hmm. interesting isn't it mm. um, but anyway there's no real special foods or anything like this really for it fibrous foods are good there's, there's prebiotics they're better than probiotics prebiotics are types of fiber essentially that feed um, 
that feed the microbiome best. Basically, they're FODMAPs, if you know what that is. I know that term, but no, I don't. That's an acronym. It stands for, here we go, fermentable oligosaccharide, disaccharide, and polyols. It's basically different types of fiber and sugars that exist in different types of fruit and veg. And these are sometimes really aggressive in a bad way for people that have got IBS because the microbiome love it and start to eat it all and then they produce loads of gases and this can negatively affect some people's digestive systems. Uh, Basically every fruit and veggies is on the list though. So like broccoli, onions, garlic, peppers, kale, spinach, bread, um, everything. Pasta, you know, whole grains. Like you're saying again, your apples, back to strawberries, fi- berries. Fiber. Yeah. yeah, basically everything. Literally. Protein? Uh, pro- protein's not a FODMAP, no. This is the, no. It, it's those long words that I used. It basically, they, they mean different types of sugar or fiber. It's okay. carbs, basically. Cause fiber so, yeah, that's carbs. what we're looking at. So, yeah. it, it's different types of carbs that feed the microbiome, basically. So, but it's just fruit and veg. Yeah, yeah. It's just fruit and veg. And yeah, proteins are also good. Higher protein diets are good for microbiome. That's, there's loads of studies about that. Um, for different reasons. Though. For different reasons, yeah. 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 The, the, the bacteria use it in different ways and it causes different enzymes to kick off in the body and stuff like okay. this. So, so what we're talking, protein, fruit and veg, we're bread, talking some carbs. The same shit we've always been talking about. It's healthy balanced diet. Low calories, yeah. high fiber. People whose calorie protein. intake is too high, this is correlated with worse microbiomes, whether it's causal or not. It's nice that the... There, there's always some consistency between all the good thing. Like, so people get surprised. They're like, it reverts back to the same answer they had for another question about how to be healthier in general. And they're like, oh, weird. It's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Yep, you're exactly right. My nutrition yeah. qualifications were pretty easy, to be honest, because the answers are always the same. Yeah. Like, how do you help someone with polycystic ovary syndrome? It's like high protein's good, exercise is good. You could eat less calories. You could eat less carbs. You could be a good BMI. And maybe keep a slightly closer eye on all of it than if you didn't have polycystic ovaries and that's probably the best yeah, advice because you you've can got, give yeah because you've got a metabolic issue going yeah on. maybe yeah. Even because... but what's the advice if you've got type 2 diabetes identical what's the advice if you've got heart disease identical high cholesterol identical and it's funny you lose weight the sake of narrative or the, uh, whatever it might be your brain tries to think of something new like even as you ask me then i'm like uh but no it's just the same like it's pretty the, the you've got to keep minor... rooted in and there's it, I'd say there's less things that are different, yeah. but just more things that have um, yeah. more requirements, if yeah. that makes sense. But usually those parameters, it starts there, and then there's a few other ones at the end. Yeah, and some of the extra bits and bobs can be minutiae and different between exactly. each one of them. But, exactly. it's, it's but if you even removed, wrong. you'd be like, all right, well, you're still exactly. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Me and Beth did a podcast just audio only for Spotify and... Apple, etc., about the differences between men and women training, about male versus female training. Oh, okay. Like, how would you train a male person or a male body versus a female? And we also talked about how we train together and how we adapt to the sessions so that it fits both of us with different training ages and genders and strengths and stuff like this. Yeah. And one of the conclusions of the podcast was that between training men and women, there's more similarities than yeah. differences. You don't do much difference. There's a few differences in terms of like priority and preference. But, but they mainly come down to priority and preference. Yeah, and just whatever the Very person. rarely ever mechanics. But you biology. train the full body, same rep ranges, yeah. same It's not biology, it's not mechanics, it's you want big arms and she wants a fatter ass. <laughs> if you want to stereotype broadly, yes. Uh, very broadly though, like that encompasses, 
everyone. I also want a fat ass, though. So. Yeah, but priorities. <laughs> you want bigger arms. I also want bigger arms. Yeah, yeah but again, you, you got these baggy joggers on. You can you can skate by on the skinny ass for a while. Honestly, I'm equal um, at the minute in terms of how much I want to grow my arms and bum muscles. Really? I'm, I'm deadly equal. See, glutes has never been a one for me. I've always my ass has always been fat. I, I was just going to say that you already have a popping booty. <laughs> yeah, you literally already have dem glutes. You have great buttocks already, William. Thank you. For that. Yes, um, I've got skinny white man ass. You got calves though. So I've got decent I'll calves. Trade you. Yeah, I've got decent calves. What I'm basically doing with my training is I'm I'm going around my body, working on all the bits that I haven't put too much attention into the rest of the time, like glutes, abs, and arms. Basically, the like I've done a lot of all the main muscle groups and proper fitness stuff. Yeah, you could not train shoulders for a decade and you'd still be grand. Yeah, because I've done a lot of pressing and, you know, just like bench, overhead, rows, pull-ups, squats, stuff like that. So now I'm going around like bulking up my calves a little bit and arms a little bit and abs a little By bit. By running. Like a nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, running. It works, it's legit, yeah. I'm just, it's booked out my calves. I'm just always going to shit on it. <laughs> Literally. I'm for, no for it. No, I'm for it. No, I hate it. You Worst can. exercise ever. <laughs> you mean in general or for you? Uh, I mean for everyone. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I don't care what the specificity is. Shut up. Worst. Shut your mouth. No, of so. course not. Of course not. But thank you for asking, uh, answering that. That was that was interesting. That was something I personally wanted to know about as well. Yeah. Yep. Stri- stress is not good for it, so try and chill. Ah, you know? that makes sense. Try yeah. and chill. I'd, yeah. 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 Stuff like that, but nothing, nothing really crazy. If you just look after yourself and you just exercise and just eat well and you try and just do all the normal good stuff, that just makes it good. In line with what we could have guessed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you have one more topic? I'll say one of yours first. All right, yeah. all right. One moment while I open the topics. Here we go. Then I've just these are not in any particular order, you know. But I've got articles. I've got who written them. I've got when they written them. I've got titles. I've got information notes and stuff written. I, I don't. I've got five pages. There's like one page per topic here going. Show me your phone. What's this on? You're oh copied and pasted or uh, from the articles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. There's not every. I've not chosen every word of every article. I've like taken paragraphs yeah, out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pertinent to the point yeah so anyway this is an article from the mirror all of these this is literally news of the week last week these are all health and fitness news articles and topics that are literally from the world <laughs> literally so this this is an article two days ago by geraldine mckelvey in the mirror cheers geraldine <laughs> entitled post lockdown instagram juice diets have five times recommended sugar intake Thanks, Geraldine. Now back to Will with the weather. Ah, (laughs) No. Um, Can I read the article a bit? Please do. Experts have warned Brits against post-lockdown juice diets loaded with up to five times the recommended intake of sugar. A Sunday People investigation not sure who they are, found (laughs) diet plans promoted on Instagram in which users replace food with up to juice for 10 days, restricting themselves to as little as 430 calories per day. The four companies we studied all cited weight loss as one of the potential benefits. Oh, I know which it would be. death? 430 calories, it would be. death-induced weight loss. (laughs) But dietitians and scientists have cast doubt and raised concerns and health impacts of consuming so much sugar from such a low-calorie diet. And 
Here, I thought this was kind of a ridiculous thing to say and a bit of a dichotomy, because if you only ate 430 calories, you know, if even all that was sugar, that's not a lot of sugar. So <laughs> no, not That's even. a massive calorie deficit. Yeah. <laughs> oh that doesn't even make sense. They're like, don't consume that much sugar. I'm Just like, imagine what? imagine you'd feel, did they say 10 days? 10 days on 430 calories. Oh, yeah, you might not. You'd, I don't know. Miserable. You'd be half and half keto, half and half low energy, but... 100% dead. Anyway, so I just thought that made no sense instantly. That's not a lot of... That does, that's not really how it works. It's not about the different macronutrients, is it? It's more about the calories overall, mm. no matter really what your goal is. So even if it's 430 calories of sugar, that's not a lot of food or energy for your body at all, even if it is all sugar. It's not a lot. And it's also like, because the annoying the thing about this, I imagine that there is a... Not not, not specifically a, a brand, but um, I imagine there is a juice out there that would work as a supplement and in the truest word, sense of the word supplement that it's just the same but in juice form that would probably be pretty legit for a short amount of time or something like it would have sufficient calories you can get right meal replacements that are decent, low yeah. sugar and fuck it you know sure, all the you good can get meal replacements that are decent exactly you already do yeah and so the annoying thing there is what it does for that those kind of industries that can be legitimized it just makes them all sound crap yeah. Um, Go on. Do you want me to continue? Yeah. A little yeah. Marcella, last name unsure, of the British Dietetic Association said, too much free sugar can contribute to obesity and weight gain, cause tooth gain, put people at higher risk of diabetes. Juicing is a fad. It's absolutely not a sustainable way to lose weight. Dietitians would never recommend consuming around 500 calories per day. <gasps> no, but sometimes they do recommend consuming 800 calories per day because VLCDs, very low calorie diets, are actually a recommendation for type 2 diabetes on the NHS. And where do you stand on that? So, um, it definitely works. If you only eat 800 calories per day, of course you're flipping... This is it. When someone, anyone ever asks, it's like, what do you want? Yes, that's going to fucking work. Do I think it's again... A good like, idea. This like is a different story. <laughs> Dr. Marcella said, do I think it's the most sustainable approach? Not necessarily. Is it the healthiest or nicest way to go about it? Eh, debatable, you know. It can work, though. It's more about the after plan. It's if you go on the juice diet and then after you go back to normal, normal is what got you to where you didn't want to be. In so I think this comes down to like natural philosophies of people as well. Like I always try and teach my clients that they're, because they'll immediately sometimes throw themselves in the deep end and be like, I'm going to do this, this, that, that, and the other, like fucking Hercules. And I'm like, okay, one problem, you're not Hercules. Uh, yeah. yeah, so limit your expectations a little bit and... I can't even remember what I was going to say now. I've done that thing where you go blind for what we were talking about. We were talking about juice diets. Um, yeah, think that you're not trying to lose fat here and now for a period of time. Oh, you're trying yes. to adjust your lifestyle so that it comes off. You get to a point of fat composition that you're happy with, and then you fluctuate and walk the line between self-discipline and self-indulgence so that you're constantly gaining and losing weight between holidays and day-to-day -day life and weekends and weeks for the rest of your life and so i think it comes down to those natural philosophies of how you should approach training like that like maybe some people would argue you're better to do a blast and try and resurface steadily at the end of it and come back to normal some weird noises going on uh, no, that's just the fan of the okay. laptop, that's all. It gets powered occasionally. By the sheer feelings of my facts. <laughs> it's a powerful laptop, which means it has a fan that occasionally goes loud. It's your new laptop, right? Um, yeah, it's literally just for all this. Boom. It's just to run all this nice and smoothly, all the equipment. Going very smoothly. But yeah, that's for what I to come to people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So it's not about... It depends. If, if you want to... You can, you can cure people... Well, not cure, sorry, that's the wrong word. Control people's type 2 diabetes in like... 
eight weeks mm-hmm. sometimes with these very low calorie diets. So you know if someone's got diabetes and it's like getting the hell and they need it fixed, you can fix it real fast with these type of methods. But it matters what you do after. You have to have a real good after plan. <laughs> like you need to still go back to correct calorie control immediately after, otherwise it will screw up again immediately. So you could do you can do the super fast. <laughs> booster at the beginning if you want to but then you need to go to correct calorie control after or you can just do the correct calorie control and just start the methods from the start which again on paper whatever the legitimacy of that whatever but the kind of people and again not to stereotype and generalize but the kind of people that need those kind of approaches aren't usually in a position where they can just turn on a dime and start doing that kind of shit and do it properly or healthily or whatever because they've come from a lifestyle that's got them to that place yeah and then what? They rock up to a doctor's one day, and he says stop, and then they do it. No, that's never once happened. Correct. Yeah, and there's not much support if you go that way through the NHS and stuff like that, which is why it's most people. It's just see me. a lot of it's bullying, and it's so annoying because like the part of me that is all facts, no feelings, is like, no, listen, I don't care how you feel. Like we're saying, the tools are still the tools for the job. This is how you do it. But the approach is so so shit that you get from like a lot of the NHS. They just sort of tell you to do it. I expect you to go and do it as opposed to coaching you through the the feelings, no facts of it, as it were, I guess. Yep, you know what I mean? Yep, I exactly do. That's yeah. why people come to see me. And I come, why you have a job. Nice. Yeah, I congratulate a lot of people because they come to see me privately as a nutritionist to get a better service because mm-hmm. you can rely on the NHS if you want, but it's a free service at the end of, end of the day and they're amazing for what they do. Yeah, for sure. And they've got every single problem that every single person's got on their plate at the exact same time. And they handle a lot of shit and they do not have unlimited resources and they are underfunded. And they and so can't, it makes sense they can't provide the support to, to people. What you would why, expect from a paid... Exactly. Yeah. This is they can't possibly pay as much attention as I pay to my clients. I check in with some of them every day. Mm-hmm. This they, they can't do this. This is why you get to see your GP for ten Dr. minutes. Yeah. And it's flipping. It takes four weeks sometimes to get an appointment. But that's because they're just flooded and they're just overwhelmed. So my 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 online group to get daily service from literally me and the other people that help me is thirty six pounds per month. It's like it's not even. You can't even get a massage for an hour for flipping. 36 quid and i'm glad that you do spend that much on drinks um yeah i'm glad that you do rationalize it like that so that people can see the because i find it it annoys when people see something like your service or mine for that purpose and like oh but it's so expensive i was like no no it isn't if you actually like rack up what it what it is equivalent to it isn't it's just a priority thing isn't it yeah it depends how much people value different things Mm. in their life i guess it depends how much how expensive they personally think things are versus how much they value it and maybe how much they understand what they're actually going to get from it because maybe they don't understand what they're even going to get. Like a lot of people don't understand how good my program can actually be. Mm -hmm. They don't understand what good support is actually like because their only experiences are like Slimming World, Weight Watchers and Cambridge. The Slimming World person is not qualified. (laughs) They're not. No, they're not. They're not. They're representatives. They're not qualified nutritionists. You can't ask them questions and expect them to know the answer. It's like going to your Avon rep and... Acting, asking them questions about your skin like they're a dermatologist it's as opposed not, to just someone selling a product yeah, yeah. they're just someone yeah they're just some, they just have the book follow the book i'll weigh you in that's 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 what but that's why it's 20 quid you pay for what you get that's why it's 20, it's quid. Like 20 quid a month yeah for something well but that's why it's, and i'm not i'm not ragging on it too much because they help a lot of people and it works for people sometimes but, but for 16 more quid that's what i'm saying you can it's go not, from zero percent success to a hundred or and you can go from barely any support to literally daily professional world-class support exactly for 16 quid a month extra it, it depends which way you look at it mm-hmm. doesn't it um 
But yeah, I'd just like to point out to the, for people who, if their body weight and stuff like this is really impacting their health in some way, or their food is negatively, it's not like breaking the bank. You don't have to change the world to end up changing your life. You don't have to, it's not even going to change your life to change your life. We only have to change a few little things to change your life. You know what I mean? It's not that expensive. It's not as hard as people think. It's not going to even be like what they think. They're used to such a poor service. It's the same with personal training. You'll know this. Most personal trainers are diabolically awful. Yes. They're absolutely diabolical. 90% of all personal trainers or more are awful. And people, they, they, they come to better personal trainers and they can be shocked at how good the support can actually be and what results they can get and how much value they can actually get from the service because they're just used to really poor service and not, they've never experienced better. They don't know how good it can actually be. And some people are shocked. The bane of my existence. Yeah, they think they're just going to join a Slimming World club or mm-hmm. similar, you know, like a different kind mm-hmm. if they come to me, but I just charge more because why? It's not even slightly the same game that I'm playing as them. No. Anyway, um, I think that's enough of that article, do you think? I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to put... It was bullshit from get-go, so we established that. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. There's more, there's yeah. more, but I think... I just wanted to make the point because I just thought it was funny that they were just like ragging on juice diets a little bit and then they were there's further down the article there's more different quotes from different people just crying about how it's too much sugar but really it's not a lot of sugar because it's only fucking 430 calories per day it's a massive deficit hence the weight loss so it's doesn't matter where the energy comes from the total energy consumed is way more important so it's like I don't know they're just nitpicking it's just that same thing of just barking up the wrong tree it's like it's just a, a nonsensical question you know, where you got there? Like, what's next? Um, do you want to go on to the next next piece? Keep you going. News of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's the theme tune? Mm-hmm. Uh, you might like this one. I've got this is this is a really good one. I like this, and I'm going to ask you a question you might have never been asked before, but I'm not sure. Okay. Are you ready? This is a men's health article. Uh, this is by Barry B A R I Glassman. The trans community lacks good nutrition advice is the title of the article. Um, and this person is basically saying that um, the trans community, transgender people, have no specific nutritional information for them. And there aren't many, if any, which I will say is true, because I don't think I've ever, I've seen a lot of nutritional studies. I don't think I've ever seen one on transgender people ever according to this person there are a few but i've never really mm. not have ever come to light to me for any specific reasons um really so before i go into the article um i wanted to ask you if you had a transgendered client mm. i feel like we already answered this question earlier but how would you train them in the gym identically to everyone else <laughs> they're a fucking human being before they are a male or a female let alone whatever cis male female or wherever you are on the yeah you're a human is, I don't is give it a spectrum is it i a, don't know i'm not sure but but That's having said that i guess it, it would start to depend on i'd ask the first question i'd ask is what your hormone treatment had, had um, taken place or something or if they were that is what hormones. it says in the article that is and then after that i just uh, for the time being, I'd have to hang my coat up and go away and do some research. But even then, off the top of my head, I'd assume that there'd be nothing different I'd be doing either way. You, have you have you what, te- what, have you tested any of your other clients' hormonal profiles or in 
Quiz personally? Yeah. No. Ever before? Oh, no. No. No, no exactly. Other I don't than either. I don't either. Race, yeah. So, I'll just give you a quick read of this article. Um, but I just thought I'd give the nutrition advice. If, if this person thinks that there's no nutrition advice for trans, I'll do it. <laughs> the transgender community. I've actually just asked you about the training. Normal training, do you yeah, think? Yeah, I've given all the advice you need for training. Normal training, do you think? Full body, compound lifts. Yeah. I don't know, three to 20 reps, somewhere would be nice. I think it A couple of training sessions per mainly week. Mainly on whether they want bigger arms or bigger ass. What if, what if it's <laughs> Preference. Both? What if it's okay. both? Then, you, then you're just doing good training where you're splitting everything equally. <laughs> <laughs> Correct training um, where you're not training arms five times a week and ass once. <laughs> That's the most hilarious thing. What? Go on. <laughs> Um, the article reads, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but when I began my transition in uh, 2019, I was frustrated with the limited research and information on proper nutrition and psychological wellness. Psychological wellness could be a very important point. Different thing. Different question. Um, yeah. Specifically for the transgender community, my own medical practitioners, um, while completely knowledgeable and supportive, could not begin to address nutrition. Also true. Doctors and stuff are not trained in nutrition. Like I can't tell you what to do with your hormone replacement therapy or any of your medication no. or your prescriptions or anything like this. And they can't really tell you what's best with your food. Um, I've started doing, the person says I've started doing my own research, can't really find any proper articles or stuff like this. Um, Whitney, all these last names are hard of these scientists. <laughs> Lynn Senmayer, PhD hard. registered dietitian spokesperson for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and assistant professor uh, professor of nutrition at St. Louis University. <laughs> what a Say, title. I know. Says those receiving masculine, masculinizing or feminizing hormone uh, therapy may experience in changes in body weight. True. Could change your, if, if you're getting higher testosterone levels, it can change water retention, body fat levels, muscle mass, independent of training and stuff like this. Body composition, it does say bone health, that can be definitely true, and cholesterol levels, among others. Nutrition can play a role in all of these factors. Yeah. I agree. Because um, is it, two things can be true at once. It can be true that all of that exists and that it will change your hormones and that might have, is it estrogen has a good bone density quality? Yes. So there's often For a case where women, yeah, female and everybody stronger in the bones. people. Men, obviously, being t testosterones, have much bigger muscle bellies, generally, and yeah. the ability to add more muscle. Yeah. And it can be true that all that exists, while that doesn't affect anything to do with the nutrition. Or the training, really. Or the training, Not really. Much. No. Not Other than what you would expect to happen, which is that um, if you were becoming a bigger person by taking testosterone and becoming a man... Um, and that would assumedly come with a higher metabolic rate. Yes. And then that would shift that slightly. But that isn't anything. Yeah, and you to build do muscle with... a bit faster, you'd get stronger faster. Yeah, but the same way it's applied to just me if I wanted to jump on steroids. That's that's the same thing. That's the same uh, principle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so it's very yeah. similar. And I think another issue would be like the gentleman, the lady who was saying um, about they were saying limited research out there. Yeah. I put that down to practicality more than anything else. How many trans people are there going forward to do fucking studies and things like this on nutrition when, like we know, it isn't different. There are nutrition studies endless out there already, belt and braced out the window that we know the answers to. Um, yeah, I'd say it's more of an issue of practicality more than anything else. Um, yeah, and I think it's also because, it, like you said, it's not that different between... Males, females, or anybody in between, or anywhere on any level of gender or because sex or whatever the, the, it is. The singularity that um, correlates us all, that 
sits so much higher than everything else is that we're human. Yeah, that's whether the, you're whether you're a man, a woman, yeah. in between, whether you like men and women, or in between, yeah. or if I put a chimpanzee know. on a training program, it'd be very very similar to what I do, <laughs> you know. And that's a different species. We're talking, we're talking, we're staying within the same species and talking about someone that's just decided to be trans. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say decided. Has naturally found that that's their path of life. You know, it's they're still a human. It's, yeah, that's, that, that was my point as well. That was my, that was my point. I, I just thought it's same practices and principles. If you want to be healthy, it's the six steps to slim. Every, for everyone. If you want to stay healthy, it's people. the same podcast, same answers every week. Little cook, we'll be back next week with the same, with answers, the same answers, folks. Different questions, the same answers. <laughs> Keep yeah. your calories appropriate for your body weight and movement levels. Eat some protein. Try and do This week exercises. on News of the and Health of the Week, two plus two is still four. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. All right. Um, All right, moving the fuck on. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. I just thought it yeah. was—it was nice. It's a nice article. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That is funny. And I, I'll put my two cents in. Sam, do all do the six steps to slim. That would come come join one. us. We're ready for it. <coughs> yeah. Um, next one mm. or another one? Yeah. Blaster. I'm gonna put all the links to these articles as well in the descriptions of wherever you might be listening to or viewing this, just in case for whatever reason you want to go read these articles. That's cool. Let's give props where it's due. This one's from the Edinburgh News. Go on. It's by... Can you do it in a Scottish accent, please? No. <laughs> Flor... Florian LaRoche? LaRoche? Doesn't sound good in the Yorkshire accent. These names um, today, I'm getting fancy. <laughs> Leading GP, general practitioner, doctor, gives insight into which good beige foods should be included in our diets. <laughs> As categorized by beige foods. <laughs> beige so foods. Funny. So the Mike Ma- Lowry diet. My clients. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Lowry. To Not from Bad Boys. The Mike Lowry that works. At the, the, the beige gym. Mike Lowry who <laughs> works at the gym group. Yeah. Um. Really funny. My clients sometimes talk about beige food. Um. And you know what they mean, don't you? But, yes. But this this article is quite good, to be honest. It's quite good. It's, oh, what it's, we got? So this is beige foods which are good. It's reminding people that not all beige foods are bad, which is true. It says beige foods such as porridge oats, wholemeal bread, rye crackers, whole grain breakfast cereals, and whole grain barley are considered to be good beige foods. See, like your facial expression sums it up because you're like good, mm. and these like are, good it's because it's, it's not the right question. What good or bad is defined it's not by down what? by the color. No, exactly. What it's, do you mean good? Yeah. What's a bad beige food? And again, as defined by what? That's a good point. There aren't any good or bad foods. It's everything in context. That's a mm-hmm. good point. And the color is, but it is a point that people do say, like they do talk about beige food. And well, mean, that's why I brought up Lowry rolls. because that's the joke I have with Lowry is that he's consistently, if he's drinking something, it's never see through. There's always some kind of luminosity to it. Yeah. Some kind of colour, some kind oh of flubber Lord. situation. When you're in on. a gym as well, some of the colours of people's mystery liquids I are know. absolutely hilarious. Well, you're just a you're Doctor Strange mixing your potions and your wizardry and crap to try and get bigger. Just have to wait, bro. <laughs> and eat a green. <laughs> right, is there more to this? Um, a little bit, yeah. It says, um, it, this comes from after a study of 2,000 adults found that 23% assume beige food is unhealthy. Um despite whole grains being a good source of dietary fibre. UK government guidelines advise adults should have 30 grams of fibre, it says. Currently, we only eat around 20 grams of fibre. 30 30 grams of beige? 30 grams is not a lot either. Um, Almost three quarters of people state they they could identify a whole grain, (laughs) yet 63% are unaware of the nutritional benefits of eating whole grains. 
So 63% of people don't know why it's good to eat whole grains. Okay, interesting. So I just thought, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> Me again. Yeah, I'll I'll chip in. <laughs> I'll tell you a thing or two. I'll uh, talk. And there's a really funny bit. Turns out I do that. At the end of this as well. Um, the benefits of eating whole grains, it's fiber. Hey, like we were talking about. Microbiome. Yeah, it's back to your digestion. There's two main types of fiber. There's fiber that speeds up your digestion, and fiber that slows down your digestion. There's about 35 different types of fiber within those two categories. Oh, but, um, there's speedy, di- speedy digestion fiber and slowy digestion fiber. <laughs> the, the green vegetables and stuff slow down your digestion mostly. Yeah. And whole grains and stuff speed up your digestion mostly. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's basically how it goes. The harder fibers, if it's hard and tough, like kale, it speeds yeah. up your digestion. So you don't digest it. Tree, well. it's, if it's broccoli, softly a broccoli stem. Yeah, if it's broccoli stems, yeah, that'd be hard fibre that'd speed yeah. up your digestion. Yeah. If it's the soft bits on the broccoli, because most things have both types of fibre. Oh, okay, interesting. If it's the soft bits of the broccoli or something, that'd be like speedy so digestion So like fiber. potato interior or skin or some shit. Yes, yeah. exactly yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. This makes sense. Um, so, um, <laughs> it, it says, suggesting there needs to be further education around this, which I've just done it for you there. It's good fibre. Also, whole grains have like... Um, some a bit more vitamins and minerals sometimes mm. than, than other plainer versions do. To highlight this, AHDB, um, the Agriculture and Horticulture Development Board, Cute. have commissioned a stunning piece of artwork by food artist Prudence State where she has recreated Vincent van Gogh's iconic sunflower painting using just whole grain products. <laughs> That's their idea of educating people no. on, the, on the why on the advantages <laughs> of whole grains. They've decided to get an artist to paint Vincent Van Gogh, but using whole grains. This is going to teach people what the benefits of whole grains are. What's next, like Starry Night out of pasta or something? <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'd, I'd buy it. Yeah, I'm convinced. Stravioli on the wall. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought enough. that was hilarious. That's, that's cool. I guess that's the agriculture and horticultural that, development. That's a nice board. thing that happened to the. Plenty people. And uh, that's their um, that's, so <laughs> that's their idea of how to educate people. Who do you think it educated? Anyone? I just, I just thought it was funny more than anything. We got a kick. Uh, hopefully I've got... It's just fibre. You get some more vitamins and minerals. That's all it is. I mean, you could just say that. <laughs> or, or you mean you could? You could have spelt that you out, could, of, could out of grain foods. You could have put a sign on that spelt out, eat, don't be a dickhead, it says, comma, eat whole grain fibre. <laughs> eat whole grains a lot of people think whole grains are bad a lot of people are idiots aren't they um yeah it's not generally accepted nutrition advice that whole grains are not good for you but you can find people saying that grains in general are not good and especially fall into that 99 percent category of pts that are awful by any chance yeah yeah probably that's pretty much the game (laughs) that's pretty much the game do you want to do one more for sure my guy We've been one hour 21 now, so okay, we'll more. do last one. And we'll just do this one because we've already talked about it. We've already talked about it. It's the gene. It's the one about genes. And there's some decent commentary in this article as well. Um, I've not written down where this... I've got the link to the article, but I've not written down on here in my notes who actually, like, what news place this was supposed to like the other one was the Edinburgh oh i see what you're whatever. saying yeah, yeah yeah but anyway this is by harry deville harry d quetterville <laughs> what i'm not, I'm not even kidding read read that name it's just all of them if you listen read that name fair enough that's what? 
What are we saying? It's it's the so okay so it's the fucking villain from like the second um, hundred and one Dalmatians. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far off, is it? It's Harry D and D E and then Harry de Q U E T T E V I L L E. Okay, um, from like three days ago. A team from University of Cambridge has discovered that mutations in a single gene called MC4R are capable of scrambling your brain's perception of food and fullness. Quote, MC4R's job is to tell you to stop eating after a meal, says Sadaf Faruqi, professor of metabolism and medicine at Addenbrooke's Hospital. If it's not working, you don't get that signal. So this is a satiety gene. Mm. That it's a gene that helps your body signal fullness after a meal. Mm. And though overall weight gain is significant, he says, it's easy to pile on the pounds over time. This was an interesting point. He says each kilo of fat has roughly 7,000 calories. It's actually 7,700, but okay. Get your shit right. So 18 kilo- kilos, kilograms, three stone-ish, um, works out at a total, this is what the article says, literally, works out at a total calorie surplus of 126,000, which is correct. Yeah. If you use those numbers. If you, that his numbers he's using. Yes. So blown up over that scale, probably quite a bit more. Well, enough more, a little bit more. A tiny bit more. Yeah. Eating only 10% over the daily recommended um, adult calorie intake of 2,000. That's not recommended for anybody anymore, really. But okay. Um, adds up to that amount in a couple of years, which is a good point, and I actually worked this out. If you eat 200 calories too many, you'll gain three stone in two years. Bad. On a 200 calorie surplus. Yeah. That's tiny. That's like that's so, less than a dairy nut bar. It's yeah. like one snack a day. It's not noticeable, is it? Or one latte a day. And you gain three stone in two years. The miserable thing is you ne- you'd never notice that you were having 200 more, but if you were in a 200 deficit, again, you'd feel it. Nothing, but yeah, you'd feel it. You'd feel it eventually. Yeah. Maybe not immediately, but it'd come for you. <laughs> that diet fatigue, wasn't it? Um, anyway, it continues. All of which sounds like a knockout blow for the genetic determinists and a crushing blow for the for, for the overweight fighting the flab, it says directly. That's not a quote from me. Both Faruqi and Yeo, another person who's quoted in the article, I might have skipped that bit, um, put heritability, oh, this is what we spoke about, of obesity at between 40 and 70%. Oh. And that's right. That's it's, exactly what we said. It's fiddy-ish. Yeah. It's fiddy-ish. Fiddy-ish. It comes up in my Six Steps to Slim lectures on lecture five. That exact point that obesity is 50% genetic and 50% environment. And the title of the slide is Your Genetics Are Not Your Fate. Okay, cool. That's because nice. it's me teaching people that even if you've got the worst genetics, that's you nice can still do something about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, you might have poor genetics, but what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Again, still spits us out here and now. Still spits yeah. us out with nothing but the future looming and all the tools to do it. If you've got a poor metabolism, we'll boost it. <coughs> that's what we can do. Sorry, I'm coughing so much, everyone listening. It's all right. I tickle in my throat. You're okay. Yeah, quite, quite nice. Good. Just dying. Um, it can indeed feel like you are doomed to be fat, says the article directly. But environment, as anyone taking a casual glance at the growing prevalence of obesity in post-war society can point out, plays a critical part. These genes and genetic mutations are there and have always been there, says Giles Year. The change, the change is in our environment. And this, this guy's got good points. It's our environment that has driven this. Um, what he means, this is what the article's saying, is that there were always people who have felt more hungry than others. True. Like I said, there's loads of different variants. and Everybody's different in every single way, really. Uh, but it is only in recent years that they have been fit, faced with a... Surfeit, that says? S-U-R-F-E-I-T? Is that... I-T? What? 
S U R Sir F E I T. Let's see if this is a real word. No idea. Sir, I've done. It's a real word, and it means. Wait a second. Stupid person let, synonym. Let, let's, please uh, insert here. Let's get Google to pronounce it for us. People will be able to hear this on. Surfit. Surfit. Okay, let's do that one more time. Surfit. Thank you, Google. Surfit. Mm. <laughs> um, and it means an excessive amount of something. All okay. right, fine. So yeah, surplus. We'll go with it. <laughs> Giles here. <laughs> You and your words, you Mr. Man. You Mr. Year. Um, they have been faced with a surfeit of cheap, sugary, high-starch, high-calorie foods on which to gorge, it says. It says directly, staring into an empty fridge, even all the time, doesn't make you fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's nice. bit, bit blunt, but okay, I mean, it's true. But I see what he's getting at. He's saying 19... Uh, 20 a century ago or something we just didn't have the means to facilitate people that it's were a, hungry it's at least a point i guess the way of looking at it is that that was more like prehab in that we were stopping people from gaining weight initially purely out of necessity because they couldn't because there wasn't enough materials around to be in and such whereas now we're doing more like rehab whereby all of these things are around you can get any fruit at any time of the year and you can get any food wherever you want in as much quantity as you want and now we're on the rehab game where we're after the fact and you've got to bring people back the other way yeah that's exactly the game sir um that's again why we have a job and yeah i teach people about the food environment all the time the more junk food you've got in the house the more junk food you're going to eat that's, yes. that's literally the way it's going to go if your environment's more conducive to obesity it's like healthy homes make healthy people anyway that's Good thing, some of the right? things that I say. Um, other factors. Um, it, well, he says, staring into an empty fridge, even all the time, doesn't make you fat. Other factors do, though. Age, for one, he says, and he's got a great point here, because I thought, what? But then he's right. He says, age is inextricably linked to weight gain. True. Mm -hmm. That's not because older people have slower metabolisms. Not true. It's a practical effect. It's, yeah. Exactly. It's not because older people just gain body fat from anywhere. Number one, it's you've had more time to eat more. You've been alive more time and had more chances to overeat than people who are younger than you. That's number one most important point. Number two, he's got it. Um, age is inextricably linked to weight gain, says Yo. Why? Question mark. Lifestyle for one. He's correct. We sit on our backsides more and don't reduce the food we eat. That's what he says. That's true. That's why elderly people are more overweight because you've had more time to be more overweight and to gain more weight, essentially. But also it gets harder to move more as you get older. Yeah, and as an interesting parallel, we all, in a roundabout way, got old in that sense for this lockdown because we just went from whatever your day-to-day -day life was to, nope, sit at home now, please, for those of us that had to lock down and such. And then, yeah, if you don't, you'll have found it at home as well. If, if you didn't address address your calories and you just start sitting down all day you got fatter as well same thing yeah i did for the first start of lockdown yeah did your i tell you the title of this article no. it's how to tell if you have a faulty appetite gene okay and it's how to tell and how to tell and i thought no how do you tell yeah. uh, well we're getting to the point now anyway um above all says faruki what is required is more genetic testing. That's true. And I thought, fair point. You can't tell if you have genetic flipping things going on if you don't get a genetic test. Yeah. I thought that, I'm, I'm glad they didn't put like, oh, I don't know. You know, these If you feel hungry past 9pm. Yeah, exactly. Something just ridiculous. Good example there. Um, so that people could know if they have the mutation and respond. Good. He says, home kits like 23andMe are not targeted to do that. True. 
Um, and he says, while the latest research seems to condemn many of us to a weighty fate, the truth is that many more of <laughs> us are kept skinny by the very same gene. He says the overactive MC4R can protect you um, and give you a 50% reduction in risk of obesity and diabetes. Apparently, only 0.3% of people have this mutation seemingly as studied so far for negative repercussions from this gene. 6% benefit from being in the positive bracket where you feel good and full from food, quite and nicely. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah appropriately. So yeah, yeah, only in one way because there's yeah. also hormonal differences and there's way more genes playing into it that this is one. And then there's psychological, a, yeah. who gives a fuck what level of hunger I am, I want to eat. <laughs> there's nature and nurture. Both Which is the overridingly the biggest factor, I'd say. So... It's just a point, isn't it? It's just a point. Um, and I also went on mc4r.org.uk as this gene seems to have its own website for some reason. I'm not sure exactly who... Popular genes. I'm not, I'm not sure who runs that website, to be honest, but it just had, it had slightly different statistics. Maybe they're biased because it's a website about that, but it said mc4r deficiency. Sorry, that's my phone. Um, mc4r deficiency is approximately 2.5%. Oh, it says in se se um, severely obese children. And they say 1% in severely obese adults. Um, the, the other thing said 0.3% of people in general. So, mm. so mm. would be my... It says the main clinical feature of this gene deficiency is hyperphagia. That means, let me get the exact definition up, but it means increased like desire to eat. But let me just do define Phagia. dot hyper phagia. Um, and I, wait, let's, let's do the voice. Just uh, because. yes, please. Hyperphagia. An abnormally great desire for food. He came mm. through with a nasal, um, quality to his voice, that chap. Why did we get a female the first time? Let's go one more time. Hyperphagia. 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 Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, he, he sounded like his glasses are taped together in the middle. It sounded like he went... And push, push them onto his and nose. And he, he walks exclusively on his toes and his heels never touch the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's an abnormally desire great for food. Uh, desire for food, sorry. Okay. See, this is what we're meaning about. The, 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 some people just and want then, more food than But again, people. does that fall down? Yeah, to a genetic component, a natural component. Uh, All of it. Yeah. It Way more genes than just this. This is just one tiny yeah. little bit. It's one tiny little piece of the puddle. It's just interesting. It's just showing the complexity of all of it. And interesting is the word because it's not particularly applicable in any way. Not really. Or in any way useful. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not really. Like if, if I, I have clients who are hungrier than other people, mm -hmm. literally. And I always, I always say this example, but my little brother, for example, doesn't really like food. He doesn't really think about food. He doesn't really like many different foods. He doesn't really like eating food. Stuff like that. It's unusual. Not a big thing that. for him. Yeah. No, it's unusual. Most people are not that way. I'm not that way. I love food. I love eating food. I think about food all the time. I made it my job. I love desserts, pizza, burgers, all this kind of stuff. He's just not like that. That's just like his genetics. Mm. You know, kind of. It's just it's just the way he is kind of thing. It's not. Most people are not like that. But some people are a bit like that. And some people are also hungrier than others. I have clients who are really hungry and they love food and think about it all the time. Do you know what we do? We just employ more anti-hunger tactics. Some people who doesn't have the, don't have this gene and they don't get so hungry. Maybe we only employ one or two anti-hunger tactics. I've got literally like ten <coughs> anti-hunger tactics and tools people can use to reduce hunger in their life. So what you're talking like not having crap in the house, maybe something like 
intermittent fasting environment could be meal. one meal frequency and yeah, timing yeah, yeah, could yeah, be other yeah, two yeah increasing that. protein intake increasing fiber yeah not reducing calories calorie. too much or reducing calories more mm-hmm. sometimes not reducing calories enough increases hunger loads of things literally doing exercise so that you can actually eat more so that you're not on super low calories this that the other thing loads there's like 10 tools we can do for anti-hunger. These things all make sense. Yeah, some people are hungrier than others. Maybe some people need three or four of those tools employing so that they're not very hungry. You know? Some people maybe only need one yeah, or two. Be, yeah. That's the game. It's work with what you've got. Do yeah. what you can do. And it'll be the same shit next week. <laughs> it'll be the same answers next week. Ladies Hell yeah, people. News of the week. It'll be the same bullshit ethereal. <laughs> Who knows? It depends, man. You know, next week. It's called yeah. contextual, bro. It'll be that as well. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's it, Will? I think this is this has been so much fun. Podcast, one hour, 35 minutes. That's like, a standard podcast time. It seems to have gone well. Um, it says it's still recording. Um, the microphone <laughs> seems to be turned on. The, we've had enough. Um, I can see the little green lines going up and down. Yeah, we've had enough instances in the past of podcasts not recording. You'll not have seen the behind the scenes of a lot of the stuff. Of, uh, we've screwed up some podcasts. It's we've been my fault almost podcasts. every single time. It's been both of our affliction, though, so... Cheers for that. <laughs> I remember one time we did a podcast three times. I know, it was awful. One day, I we? remember we, do, the... we did a podcast three times in one day because the first twice the recording screwed up. I remember how, how hungry I was at the end of that. It was eating me, bro. Oh, that was deathly, yeah. Nothing, because it's it's not just a repeat. It's trying to get the same points and at the same level of articulation. Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the third time around, yeah, game over. But this went well. Assuming we don't just pause it now and find out that it went poorly. In well, which case, we'll... you'll hear from us in a minute. <laughs> if, if people are hearing this, then it must have worked. If not, they're not going to hear any of this conversation uh, anyway. It must have done well. Very true. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having No, I really appreciate it. It's nice to speak to you. It's nice to see you again. It's nice to talk to you. Likewise. Um, we're going to be getting more chairs in. I'm going to be switching around the camera angles. We're going to get other people in. Uh, I've asked Dave if he'll come down and join us oh, on the week of the week. Yeah, I, I think the general in. format will be... We'll just chat for like half an hour, 45, and then we'll do a couple of news articles for half an hour, 45. Just like topics like this. We'll like just go back and forth about different things, say what we think. Um, and my um, lack of research in the past has been more of a reservation about what kind of genre we're in. And now I've sort of seen a bit anything. off you. Then, yeah, now, now I'll... Do you know what I did? I googled health and fitness news and then just started just clicking the, the links that were at the top. Um, and looking through stuff, which yeah, I yeah this is what it. I did this week. As I well, opened yeah. like ten articles where the titles sounded like they might be interesting to us in some way, and I picked like six that were decent. Four, where I was like, "Nah, that's, <laughs> that's nothing to talk about." Really, cut out some. I just copy and pasted some things Keep out of shit, it. Yeah. yeah, that's also what I did. I just didn't do the copy and paste crap. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, so it can be anything really. We'll, I'll just, we'll just catch up. We'll, we'll talk to whoever the guest is. Maybe if we get a guest, I don't know if we've got a, a guest. Every, Every episode, every other episode, every couple of episodes, I think that'd be really cool. And we'll stick to us Tuesday, four o'clock routine, meaning this will come out for the listeners when? Um, when are you going to get this up? Today or tomorrow. Sweet. Like yeah. pretty soon, every single time after. So it'll come out on Tuesday evening or Wednesday, nice. probably. We'll, yeah, we'll try and stick to the schedule. We'll see what happens. It'll also depend when the guests can come in. We might just have to do a completely different time. That's true. Depending on when guests... They can't necessarily come Tuesday at 4 o'clock like we've got planned. So whenever they can work it. So it'll probably just be random, to be fair, but we'll try and do one episode at least every single week, eh? I'm not even opposed to the idea of having ours as just consistent and then and a separate guest one as well, whatever. I don't care. That's actually not even a bad idea. If we just did one every single week together and then we we can drop another in with a guest. Depending on what that's that's really good. Yeah, I like that. Big idea. fan. 
Yeah, for so it. we can get extra episodes out. I'll there. sit in a chair and chat shit some more, sure. I'm prepared. And yeah, let's go. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you so much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, we'll listeners. speak to you and we'll see you again soon.